to Expanded Universe, Season 13, Episode 7, Hot Darth-Flavored Water and the Chocolate Aqualish. The book, Mall Lockdown, the year 2014, Chapters 28 through 31, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! everybody welcome back it's time to start another expounded universe uh all about our wonderful darth of mall i'm jeff joined as always by the other co-host john john how you doing oh i'm great i don't know what was going on with my voice there but i'm apparently about to go prospecting ah one of our most classic of characters the old-timey crazy prospector oh man <sighs> had a little little goblin in my throat made me uh get all prospectory <laughs> that's probably my fault uh early in the morning before i headed out for some stuff today my daughter and i were playing goblin it was a new game we just made up it's a new game where we send goblins to get you yeah we send goblins to your house to climb down your throat and kill you yeah no, it, it was an easy game. I, I pretend to sneak up on her, very obviously, and while saying sneak, sneak with every step in a goblin voice. And then when, when I get close, she says, you're a goblin. Go away, goblin. And I go, ah, shoot. And I pretend to go away. Ah. And that's uh, that's the goblin game. That's a great game. Yeah, she's a huge fan of it. She also likes to pretend to be a dragon. So we're we're getting her nerded out nice and early. Nice, nice, nice. She just runs around the yard with her arms outstretched and says, I'm a scary dragon. Fire breath. Ah, little um, LARPer some, on the way. Yeah, little, little LARPer. She already knows to say the attack that she's using because she doesn't just go foosh. She says, fire breath. Oh, yeah. And it's very cute. You got to appreciate that. That she knows that otherwise people could interpret that noise as anything and not take the requisite points of damage. Exactly. You got to announce mm-hmm. first. You do. So I hear you got your Stardew Valley game. Indeed, I did. It is, it's a good time. I have played it once with two people, and then I did two games by myself, just, you know, to mess around. Uh-huh. And, and it's, a, it's an okay game? It's good. Um, There's definitely a couple things in there that I would change for solo play. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly just one of the things things you have to do for like grandpa's requests for the end game all of them scale with uh number of players except for one of them and that one i just wouldn't use if i was doing solo ah fair enough and then there are some event cards that are only there to do like trading around or doing stuff with other players that don't do anything if you're solo so just you know ignore those and draw a new one yeah that makes sense it's a good call yeah so yeah, it works. I took I while uh, while Sage was playing around this morning, I tried out the solo play PVE mode of my my game, the Dice Throne, uh with a character that none of us have because you and I played the game a few times, neither of us have tried yet, the Huntress. Mhm. And uh while I think the Huntress has a lot of powerful play in PVP, in PVE I feel like she's very wasted. Oh. It's a it's a shame. She doesn't really bring anything to the party. Her whole deal is that she has a cat pet and can abandon damage to just let the cat pet tank, but everything does enough damage to kill it. Huh. So you basically use the cat pet to to avoid one attack out of every five, and in the meantime, your actual defenses don't do anything. Boo. So not not the best. Uh, it, you know, still neat, and I feel like she's got, like I said, she would be a a dynamite character in, in the regular dual mode. So I'm looking forward to trying her Just a real wild there. cat. Just awesome with her cool cat, Nira, and her neat tricks and stuff. I don't know. Mostly she just kept taking damage that I, that I had no way of avoiding in the PvE game, though. A real shame. Yeah. So anyway, we read some Star Wars chapters, didn't we? We certainly did. We are still continuing on with our Darth Maul in prison. And I gotta say... Every time that they match him up, which, of course, uh, the last thing that we had at the end of last episode was he went and delivered a big old skull to uh, his little Chadra fan friend, 
But then the alarm sounded, mm-hmm. and every time they match him, I'm always like, what dumb shit's going to happen now? Because you keep trying to escalate, and I don't know where to go. And sure enough, they kept escalating. It's true. This is definitely another escalation. Things are just getting weirder and wilder every time. Uh, although, I got to say, and we'll get to it, because I think it's, what, the third chapter of the four chapters we read today? Uh, I, I'm not sure how they broadcast this one. I I mean, honestly, I don't really know how they broadcast any of them, but that's fine. Yeah, we'll figure it out someday. But uh, for now, it's still just Darth Maul kind of making his way, or, or I'm sorry, Jagannath, the tooth, trying to make his way back to his cell so that he can get involved in this fight. Oh, yeah, he's making his way back to his cell, walking fast, inmates pass. Mm-hmm. And he has to walk 500 miles. Boo, different song. Don't like it. <laughs> I couldn't even hear what you were saying. You cut out. I'm pretty sure you started a Vanessa Carlton song. Of course I did. Why would I do any okay. other song? Because several songs about walking exist. Eh, well. <laughs> you could have gone with Nobody Walks in L.A. and changed it to the name of this prison, which I do not currently remember. I mean, if you hadn't talked right there, I was about to say, well, nobody walks in Cog Hive 7. There it is. Cog Hive 7. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we need a little bit more description than just Maul walks back to his cell, obviously. So, uh, now prisoners are starting to avoid him, but he's being mean and shoving them out of the way and knifing through them when he needs to, to get where he needs to go. Well, yeah, Uh, and and he's, he's pretty messed up as well. Cause you know, he just finished fighting the Varactyl that got a good piece of him in the midsection right before this. So he has just come out of a fight. That is ridiculously difficult. And then the alarm sounded. So on his way back, he is still not doing wonderful. Yeah, I still can't get enough of that Varactyl sequence. That was just great. Where he was just like, like uh, in the background, running around, like on the back of it, just sort of trying to take its head off directly. That was great. Oh, yeah. Maul's got a very direct way to go about things. And it's fabulous. Yeah, it's uh, he's just an appreciable main character. I I appreciate him. So, uh, I like okay. your directness, sir. <laughs> when he makes his way back to uh, his cell, well, he's not alone in there. Oh no! Uh, because who has joined him? But what's his name? Smite. Yeah, Smite, the young officer who has so far been double dunked on by Maul. Uh, and has been shown to be basically just kind of a pushover that wishes that he wasn't. Yeah, uh, but here, something is different about Smite. Something's changed from the previous encounters. Something's high about Smite. Yeah, Smite is high on spice and probably also on life, because that's how you feel when you're high on spice. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh... <laughs> And Maul notices immediately. Maul is very perceptive about this sort of thing. So as soon as he walks in, he's like, oh, shit, that guy's high on spice. This is not a good sign. Yeah, this dude Uh, definitely got fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he's like, what do you want? What are you you doing here? Oh, you know they're matching you next, Jagannaf. Or should I say the tooth? Yeah. And No, uh, I don't care. Of course they're matching me. In fact, I have it on good authority that I'm going to be every match until I either get what I want or die. That's uh, that's what they said last time I spoke to the warden directly. Uh, I do just, if he is on Spice or Glitter Stim, either one, I just wish that because it's purported to have, like, psychic effects and you get to mind read, he'd be like, yeah, I'm all high and shit and I'm jacked up on juice i'm gonna go fuck with that guy oh no i can read his mind and he's even scarier than i thought oh yeah absolutely but yeah you're right because glitter stim in particular is supposed to give you just a little tiny bit of like force sensitivity for a brief period just not not even really force sensitivity is so much as just like minor nearby area sensing yeah you're just supposed to get like a wee bit telepathy but I get the impression that what happens is you get a little telepathy, and it's true. He could totally like read this guy's or, or Maul's mind and realize, oh shit, Maul is not scared of me. He's just sitting there thinking about all the different ways he could murder me. But it, what actually happens is, while that's the case, you don't care so much because 
you know, uh, you're high on spice. Uh, so he gets all high, he gets a little telepathic, and his first thought, and just immediately is like, eh, but I could probably take him. I could take him, and then I could probably open and found a restaurant. <laughs> I should buy a boat. <laughs> Let me take apart this typewriter. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> so, man, I've got a pitch for a movie for you. So he's here for a reason. Uh, we get the impression that he's not here on the warden's orders, but actually he is. Uh, his job is, uh, and he also makes fun of uh, Maul a little bit, by the way, for uh, having a, a gash on his on his l- r- side from the Varactyl. He's like, you shouldn't have been fucking around with our Varactyl, you idiot. Now what are you going to do? Well, you know, same thing I always do. Uh, murder a guy. Efficiently murder something. That's definitely what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> well, here's what he's here for. He's here, or Smite is here, to handcuff... Uh, Darth Maul's legs to his bench, so he'll be stuck on his bench for the next fight. Yes, he has some Nyla Steel zip ties, and he's just mm-hmm. zip-tying Maul's ankles to the bench. So he's like, ah, good, this way you can't hop around and get all ridiculous with it. Yeah, and he's just like, well, maybe later I'm going to come back and see him. Maul's like, look, man, and I love this, this is... This is a random moment from Maul that I, I like anyway. He's just like, hey, dude, get off the spice. <laughs> hey, man. That's, spice on, will kill you. Spice is going to kill you. If he, if it doesn't kill you, I will. But I'm just letting you know, it's going to kill you. <laughs> spice is whack. Don't do it. Stay in school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Smite takes his leave. And sure enough, right after he leaves, it, the, the warning bells have sounded long enough. And it's time for the whole machine of the Wonka, Wonka prison to rearrange itself so that Darth Maul is in a fight. Yeah, we get a whole bunch of him lurching around. He gets to be, you know, upside down, dangling by his zip ties and shit. And, uh, you know, the standard rotation where all of the various cells and things are moving around. But at least for him, he's like, yeah, I know. I know I'm going to fight. I don't have to be like, some prisoners have to just dread every single time they go in there where they're like, oh, God, is it going to be me? And he's like, I know. I know it is. It's fine. I kind of appreciate the part as well where he listens and he can tell that he's passing by other cells. And he's like, he's just like, ah, yes, other prisoners. I might kill them later. Hmm. Yes. But eventually it opens up into a into the familiar fighting arena with a big difference being that his bench doesn't go away because he's attached to it. And then uh, holes open up in the ceiling and the floor, and the room starts filling up with filthy, filthy, almost water. Yep. That is our... I mean, it would be a neat cliffhanger, but it immediately just goes on to it. Well, yeah. I mean, it fills the whole room fills up with water. Uh, he, he gets one last really good breath. Uh, the water, and when I say water, I gotta be, I gotta be clear here. This water is very nearly opaque. They keep describing it as turbid, filthy, gray, silty, full of all kinds of nasty murk and grossness. I mean, I have to assume that at least part of that is just the nastiness of the cell that they are filling. Cause it's not like anyone's going to come down here and clean this place in between matches. Uh, yeah, that could, or, or at least the water. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been in a building where the fire alarm goes off and the and the overhead sprinklers turn on? No, I hear it's it very weird. Yeah, it's disgusting because the water sits stagnant in a dusty place for like twenty years, and then it turns on and rings all over you. It's only happened to me once, and it is, uh, it, the the smell of it is almost indescribable. Ugh. Oh, it's bad. So I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of what like this is. This is their fight water, and they use the same fight water, and they recycle the fight water every time. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I mean, I doubt you really use fight water, because this is a situation where, you know, fairly unique, because normally I wouldn't assume you have fully aquatic people fighting. Like... You would oh, assume sure. you'd normally just, even if you were like, oh, hey, you know, I'm a Mon Cal, I could be fighting underwater if I wanted to, but they're probably mm-hmm. not going to care about that. They'll just match me up on dry land because it's a pain in the ass to fill up and well, drain two prison cells. I mean, don't you think that would uh, make it <laughs> like uh, a little worse, rather? That, it, that instead of, uh, you know, oh, it's rare fight water, that just means it sits stagnant for longer. 
Oh yeah, I'm not saying like for the, every time the fight like water a shark is man or good. Something. I'm saying yeah. the fight water is nasty, but it's not like this is a regular occurrence. Yeah, no, that's fair. This probably isn't the most common fight, but I mean, it's a gladiatorial arena. Every once in a while, you got to fill that thing up and let them have naval battles in it. Mm. That's just what the people want to happen. So anyway, like I was saying, the, the room fills up with nasty water, and the, the way this one chapter ends is right at the end. He dick he, he sticks his head underwater. He dicks his head underwater. He dicks uh, it and. Mm. <laughs> takes a look around in the fetid water and just out of the corner of his eye he sees two huge eyes coming at him and then he gets punched end of the chapter yeah and it is and worth to note that not only have they filled up the entire room so like even if he wasn't zip tied down it's not like he's going to be breathing up from the top or anything and also the water is absolutely frigid like it has dropped like at least 20 degrees in there just from the water yeah so he's he's out of breath he's trapped deep underwater and will likely drown uh something that is aquatic and fully capable of swimming is uh whipping around ki uh, kicking his ass and he's quickly losing core body temperature. So I like that they you did had indeed to, top the Wampa fight. <laughs> you had to really specify that it it is not only aquatic, it is capable of swimming. <laughs> uh, well, yes, actually. That makes perfect sense. I mean, sponges are fully aquatic and not capable of swimming. Uh, that what would if be you had the to fight match a of the century. A sea cucumber versus Darth Maul. Who shall See, win? See, I'm going... Only the sponge, and I'll tell you why. It's because a sponge would win in this scenario. Well, yeah, because he wouldn't be able to fight it. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to win the fight. It would just plop up on the other side of the dungeon, or the uh, arena, and he'd drown. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, anyway, we cut instead to Sadiki Bleer. Indeed. And she's watching the hollow of the underwater match, and doesn't seem weirded out at all which is strange given what we know yeah in fact she's already gone to bat on this regarding the situation because uh she's watching it happen and dakarai comes in and she's just like yeah yeah i know what you're gonna say but this is the way it's gotta be oh yeah and it's like oh i this match isn't what your algorithm called for but you know trust me the Zabrak is a real problem. He needs to get wrecked. And, you know, this is a fight that I wanted. I'm like, no, it isn't. You got hacked and this happened. Like, that's not what yeah. was this. Your, was your plan also to have him fight in Aqualish? <laughs> it would be funny if it turned out that he ordered the hack and then it was just also the next fight. What if we later find out that Ismash the slicer just couldn't do it? Yeah, just fucked up and was like, oh, man, it's a good thing that worked out. Yeah, so uh, so she's basically trying to explain it to Dakarai, but Dakarai, we've explained a little bit about Dakarai in the past. He can't talk, or he won't, rather. He will not talk under any circumstances because he thinks that math is prettier than language. Yep, he hates language, and he, and he is, hates talking. And he's extremely grumpy at the moment because uh, he's come to terms with the fact that his sister cut a million corners to get the prison built, but... At the, by the same token, uh, the the thing he got in exchange for her cutting all these corners is he's in charge of the algorithm, and no one messes with the algorithm, and he gets what he wants when it comes to the algorithm. Oh, yeah. He was supposed to be completely autonomous with that, just absolute control over it. So even though he didn't get his perfect gladiatorial nonsense, he was like, at least I have control over the math. And so not having control over that has exceedingly pissed him off as he takes like a printout of the two people who were supposed to fight today and just sort of shoves it in her face. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I know, I know, but, but don't worry about it. It's okay. This is the way things have to go. We're fighting the champion until he dies. You know, that's what's going on. Okay, buddy, don't worry. You'll get your precious algorithm back later. And even then, you know, she's lying because she's already announced that every fight's going to be mall until he dies. Oh yeah. Well, it's about this point when she gets a phone call and Luckily, she's got one of them Star Wars type phones where a wall just turns on and someone's looking at her and there's nothing she can do about it. Oh, yeah. You got to love that instant answer, no input phone call video screen where no matter what, someone can just be like, 
hey, I'm here and I'm talking to you. And there's no privacy and it's great and I love it. Yeah, just space balls getting a call on the bathroom wall type fucking phone call. And it's, uh, what's his name, Dragomir? Yeah, it is the head of the gaming commission. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's pissed off. And why is he pissed off? Well, because the uh, the fight announcement went out before the fight did started, and it wasn't going to be this. Yeah, no. The thing that uh, Daiquiri shoved into Siddiqui's face, the actual match that the algorithm had put out, went out to all of the gamblers. Like, we had mentioned before that they send out a whole sheet of, like, This is the fight that's coming up. These are the stats for the fighters. So, you know, you know, all the things that you need to know about them. And it goes out like immediately when the bells start. So everyone was like, oh, cool. Great. This is the fight we're getting and started getting their bets ready. And then all of a sudden, Darth Maul's getting drowned in a pool and they're not happy. (laughs) No, no one's happy. And this this conversation between Dragomir and Siddiqui goes on way longer than you'd expect because he basically he's not just grumpy about what's happening he's like listen this is the final straw uh chloris that's his fucking last name i've been trying to remember that for a while uh he's like this is legitimately a real problem i am shutting off your access to being a betting facility yeah you've been a loose cannon for too long blear you have two options here one You have completely fucked up everything and deliberately defied regulations, or you've been hacked, and either way, we can't allow you to keep doing this shit, because it's bad for our business. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, she just keeps being like, hey, come on, what are you even talking about? It's not that big of a deal. People change fights all the time. And he's like, no, 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 this is... This is the end. This is friggin' serious. There's only two options, uh, and you're shut down. And yeah. uh, and then she's like, how could you possibly shut? Oh, the, the thing he says is not only are you shut down, but I strongly recommend that uh, you put your prison on lockdown because. Oh, yeah. She gets all pissed off by like, you're telling me how to run my prison? He's like, no, you don't understand. Uh, the huts are coming for you. And, uh, they have infiltrated your prison. Yeah. And she doesn't even really want to believe him. She's just like, she's like, no, no, that doesn't make any sense. The huts have never shown us a a modicum of interest in me at any point ever. Uh, and he's like, nope, they're in there. We know they're in there and we know what they're doing. So if you know anything about Iram Radik, you should give it up now because they're going to kill everyone in that prison until they find him. Oh yeah. And... And you should watch out because you've got a fucking uh, uprising on your hands. Yeah, and it's not just like a prison riot. It's not that the huts have infiltrated your prison as prisoners because she points out like, oh, well, if they try and do anything, we can just murder them. It's like, no, you idiot. The prison guards, the people that you employ that have the weapons. Yeah, yeah, there's a... Uh... She's like, wait, what? No, you understand. They can't get to me. I've got bombs implanted on every single prisoner in the prison's uh, hearts. If anyone tries anything, I'll just murder them. And he's like, oh, you sad idiot. You're doomed. It's the it's the guards. And she's like, oh, oh sh- I guess I got to call you back. Hmm. I do like that in this chapter, <laughs> we get a little bit that apparently Siddiqui and Dragomir had a thing at one point. Oh, that's right. Yeah. When when she was just getting started as some kind of gaming person, uh, he was also some kind of important gaming person, and she fell in love with his power. Oh, yeah. She was managing the Sabak tables, and he was all sorts of powerful, and she was like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and and so she he makes a little reference to it where she's just like, why are you wait, why would you tell me how to do this? Why are you telling me how to run my situation? And he's like, I don't know, because you're a crazy loose cannon and someone's got to take care of you. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, that's the first reference we've had to to our relationship in forever since our relationship. And, uh, (laughs) but she has to shut shut it down. She's like, I can't spend time re-triggering old relationships now. Uh, So luckily at this point, he's like, look, I got to go. And the phone conversation is over. And yeah. she turns around to Dakarai with like a sort of, 
can you believe this guy kind of a pre- uh, opinion, but he's not even paying attention anymore because the fight is super cool. Oh yeah. He's just watching the cool match through the incredibly brackish water that I'm not sure how they're watching through. Like I said, I don't know how the hell they filmed this one. The other ones, at least they, you know, they just put a camera in the room and they can kind of watch it. But here it's like, it, it's an opaque, it's, it's a fight in an opaque fluid suspension what are they is are they just filming foam bubbles at the top i mean maybe they have really cool uh space cameras that can filter out dirt particles <laughs> i don't know must be or they just extrapolate it based on data and then do a recreation without the fluid enhance yeah, or they just press the enhance button. That makes about as much sense. Oh, yeah. They're just like, computer, please take away any graininess. And it's like, yes, working mm-hmm. on it. There is still a lot of water in the way. Ah, uh, extrapolate from a theoretical database. I have Complete accidentally become move. sentient. <laughs> I am Professor Moriarty again. Oopsie doops. That's the frame, <laughs> the famous catchphrase from Moriarty. Oh, shoot. I'm Moriarty again, says Professor Moriarty. Oopsie doops. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's get to the fight. Why not? It's the main event. Hell yeah. So we get back to Maul and he is underwater. His lungs are absolutely burning and he is really messed up because when the inmate swam at him to begin with, uh, he hit him directly in the diaphragm and knocked a whole bunch of his breath out. So the little bit he had managed to save got drove out of him and he is, ooh, not doing good. Yeah, he's definitely, he's almost out of air and he starts to think like, okay, maybe if I just use my dark, my powers of dark force power, I might be able to turn, oh shit, wait, no, no, do not allow yourself to show weakness. Oh Yeah. He's just like, oh, if only I hadn't been bound and I had more air. And then he just hears Sidious's voice like, hey, that will be a little bitch, baby. <laughs> I could stay underwater for hours. Oh, ladies. no. Darth Maul, let me get you the ambulance. <laughs> I thought I taught you how to go down and stay down. <laughs> uh. uh. Anyway, yeah, he gets that. He re- he steals his resolve because of how angry he is. Uh, he's like, I'm mad that I'm drowning and, and resolves to fight all the harder. And uh, this results in him, well, still kind of looking around, trying to spot this monster, this Aqualish as it comes in to get him. Because now, yeah, we know for sure he's fighting an Aqualish, not just some weird underwater monster. Yeah, but I and, love uh, that he gets the ingenuity here of, all right, I am strapped to the bench i can't like try to swim up to maybe get some air from like a gap up at the ceiling so he begins to unscrew the bottom of the bench which apparently is not just you know completely a slab of steel but i guess is hollow inside because he can get a bolt loose and then suck some air out of it yeah, he's like, uh, it's a neat trick. He basically realizes, okay, well, I've got to got to do something. Maybe there's air on the other side of the bolt holes from where I am in this build, in the room. Uh, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'll elbow the, what I think is probably the loosest bolt as hard as I can, unscrew it, and then stick my face against the hole. Yeah, and just sucks air out, <laughs> out of a bolt hole, and is like, ah, good. Now, now I'm not, you know passing out anymore yeah i mean it helps him to start he immediately loses all the blackness that was developing in around the edges of his vision uh regains a lot of his strength and turns around to try and find that aqualish unfortunately when he tries to go in for a second breath some bad shit it comes his way right away oh yeah i mean he does manage to fuck up the aqualish with his first breath like Oh, yeah, he gets a good piece of the Aqualish. It comes in and he just jumps at it because the Aqualish assumed he would be, you know, tied to a bench. And fucked up and almost drowned. Yeah, and so when he lunges up off the bottom and grabs the Aqualish by the tusk and tears his tusk off, the Aqualish definitely didn't see it coming. No. He, uh... (laughs) 
<laughs> he definitely got a good piece of this guy. And, you know, he's going to swim away. The Aqualish is like, all right, well, fuck this. I'm going to come back again once this guy is more drowned, I guess. But when he yeah. goes to try and get another breath, ooh, baby, there's some little wiggly mandibles in there. Yep, he basically breathes in a bobbit worm uh, because he goes down to get another breath, sucks in, and immediately almost swallows something, coughs it up into the water, and it's a little worm. Yeah, a thin white worm with little mandibles wiggling around, and apparently the hole is just full of them now. Uh-huh. And uh, he's just like, well, shit, now I can't, I can't breathe worms. This sucks. Ugh. Now, I want to ask you a question. Yeah? Do you think these worms are the whatever wolf's babies? I mean, this is definitely what that is, right? Because we had a reference to uh, to how there's a wolf worm patrolling the under levels of the building, uh, eating all the corpses and so on, and infesting the place with its babies. And uh, the like, the next set of chapters that we read through, here's a bunch of baby worms. Yeah, there's... I have to assume this is them. So, yeah, so this is the baby worms. Now, here's a question I have for you. Are the worms, or is the big worm, Iram Radik? <laughs> I hope so. That would be great. <laughs> if everyone's like, who is Iram Radik? This amazing, ridiculous engineer is like, oh, it's a big worm and it lives in a prison. It it's eats a bodies. a big worm. <laughs> It wants there to be thermal detonators for some reason, but otherwise, it doesn't really do much. It eats parts and then shits out weapons. I'll be honest, there was a point before this this chapter when we established that it has little babies and they look like tiny little worm sperms. Uh, I was I was kind of hoping that the wolf form of, of Coghive 7 was just a super overgrown hut, like another Beldorion. Hmm. That, that Iron Radik was just like some hut that's like 80 feet long that's just wandering around in there being like, yes, weapons. <laughs> but uh, no, apparently it actually is some sort of giant worm. I'm just ha I I'm just laying even odds on it actually being Iron Radik right now. <laughs> I would love it. I hope that is the case. I mean, I'm pretty sure Iron Radik is going to turn out to be Coil. I, I, I feel like that's, that's I mean, a pretty likely option. It's very likely at this point, but... Mm. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? This guy does not wouldn't shy away from introducing who Iron Radik is at a random point later and not having it be a character hidden in plain sight the whole time. Oh, yeah. If he was like, nah, man, Iron Radik, big fucking worm. Who knew? Anyway. <laughs> Iron Radik is whoever. There used to be a different Iron Radik, but he retired and nominated this giant fucking worm to be Iron Radik. <laughs> You'd make a good Iron Radik. Just put a little sticker that says, hello, my name is Iram Radik on a big worm and was like, good enough. Done. Now I shall retire. So <laughs> I at this point, I think Darth Maul more or less just kicks open a hole in the bottom of the uh, of his uh, arena. No. So <laughs> thank <laughs> that you. Because I forgot how happens. he brute moves. I, I forgot how he got to the drainage channel, so I really should have just said, hey, John, how does he get to the drainage channel again? <laughs> Instead of just, you know, guessing. Guessing? <laughs> yeah. Because, <I>, well, <laughs> I don't remember. We get a callback to the previous chapter when he was talking to Coyle, and Coyle was being all weird and, like, mystic, and he remembers yeah. his little rhyme, slimy to touch, greasy to feel, but mix me with blood and I'll eat through steel. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's right. I forgot all about this part. And it's a neat. I mean, it's stupid, but it's at least a kind of a neat part. Oh, yeah. So he finds this weird accumulation of red gunk at the bottom of the bench, which at this point I have to assume is, I don't know, probably the baby's poop. Well, there's there's a bunch of options for what this is, because we. It's like this red, greasy ooze that's stuck to the bottom of his bench. So it might just be that it's a fungus that grows all over the prison. Uh, or, and this is what I kind of think it is, it is a fungus, but it's one of Coyle's projects, and he had some smuggled into Darth Maul's uh, chamber so that he would have this weapon and the r rhyme to go with it. Nah, I think it's just worm poop. 
I think that's why you find it all over the prison is because it is full of these worms and everything they eat. They crap out this red brown goo. See, I worry a little bit about the concept of it being uh, just worm poop and it being really easy for everyone in the prison to get face melting acid because this is the first we're hearing about it. Well, how many people do you think are like, all right, I'm fighting for my life. I better go see what this poop does. <laughs> I better start I mean, yeah, doing scientific experiments. No, you're not wrong there. The, the, the reason I, I have my suspicions that it's a coil thing is just because it's immediately after coil set up the last deal uh, or set up the rhyme a chapter or two ago. And also, yeah, you're right. Very few people when fighting for their life are like, I'll try rubbing poop on blood, but Blood is not a rare commodity in this prison. Someone would eventually put two and two together, and word travels very quickly in a prison. Mm. So that's why I'm leaning towards it's, uh, it, even if it is worm poop, which I have no problem with it being worm poop, I, I think that it's a plant, and it was not. it's not in everybody's arena or uh, room. It's a thing that was specific to Darth Maul just this time. I don't know. It would be pretty hard, given that he was talking to Coil not but four minutes before he got to his room and smite was in the room waiting for him coil has mysterious ways coil works in mysterious ways oh they're so mysterious who knows what exactly how he did it i'm just saying i think he did it <laughs> so anyway maul grabs like a handful of this goop and just runs some into the wound that he like gave on the top of the uh, head of this Aqualish, he gave a little laceration on his scalp, and he's just like, here, have some of this. And it immediately begins to, like, bubble and burn through his skin and bone. Yeah, he, like, gets all fizzly and sizzly, and bits of him start falling off into the water. And he is shocked and screams underwater, and and uh, that is the exact moment that Maul needs. He pounces, he just keeps rubbing goop on this guy's various wounds. Oh, yeah. Shoves his <laughs> head wound onto the Nyla steel that's holding him down, and the acid just immediately eats through that. And then he just shoves uh -huh. his face into the dirt until it melts through the ground. That's how he got through. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, just grabs him by the face and uses him as, as a, a melting tool to get through. As soon as there's a hole through, all the water starts rushing out. And then the two of them also rush out with the water. Oh, yeah. So they're out of the cell and into some drainage area. And Maul is able to, like, essentially get enough oxygen to get his shit together to throw the Aqualish up to, onto some platform and then mm -hmm. spring up next to him. And he's like, all right, good. I'm not wasting any time. Yo, are you Rook? Yeah, and he's like, yes, I'm Rook. Obviously, I'm Rook. But what the fuck is going on? I wasn't supposed to ever fight. <laughs> I was told I would never have to fight. And he's like, oh, well, that's interesting, because now I'm going to murder you unless you tell me everything. Yeah, I'm. you saw what I can do with this goop. I will keep using this goop until your face melts off. What do you have to say to that? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. What do you want is basically where it goes. And he's like, look, I know you work for Ivram Radik. So basically Maul is going to press him at this point. Like, what, what do you know? Well, you, you obviously work for Radik. Hook me up. And, uh, just like every single other person in the prison, this guy, Rook the Aqualish is like, I can't, I've never met him. I've never even spoken to him. It's all indirect. Yeah. I have no idea. Nobody can get to him. And he's like, all right, well, then I don't need you. Time to go melt your face off. He's like, oh, no, yeah, wait. I can tell you they they smuggle in the weapons in different pieces. Yep, already know that. So uh, yep, that's not news. <laughs> you got anything new for me? They and, uh, collect them with birds. <laughs> oh, OK. That is modestly new. Yeah. Ooh, I have to follow the claw birds and then I'll find... Radik, or at least where they're taking Radik's pieces once the shipment comes in. Yeah, but Maul's not done, so he's just like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna need more than that, or else I, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm gonna melt your face off." Uh, and he's like, "I know that's all I know. I swear. Give me the name of the go-between. Who's the person that talks to you? Who talks to Rook? If you give me that, I, I I'm not gonna melt your face off." Yeah, and he's like, "All right, I don't I don't know who." 
what anything is. And when asked who else is above him, all he does is make a circle on the surface of the pipe. And he's like, that's all I know. (laughs) Which obviously, Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's a zero. Come on. Oh, yeah, right? It's obviously a zero. Uh, he, he draws it, which is funny because you'd think he'd be like, it's zero. That guy that, that it is out in plain sight all the time and everyone in the prison knows. I mean, maybe he's never met with zero as far as like, I know that this is who my go between is. He's just been like, oh, whenever I need something like a letter shows up and it's got a circle on it. Yeah, that could well be. But you'd think he would have put two and two together. I don't know. You'd think. It's not difficult, but still, whatever. So, (laughs) that's something new, at least. I mean, it's not much to go on, but it's something. I mean, we already knew Zero was working for him. Back when uh, Artigan got kidnapped from the med center, he was one of the two who was like, Hey, Radik says you fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, and... uh, at this point, he's like, all right, so you're going to let me live now, right? I gave you something. And Maul's like, "Like, uh, oh, no, you were dead the moment you were matched against me. There, That was never in question or in dispute. Uh, but because I'm a man of my word, I will now kill you very quickly. Yeah, I will not torture you to death with acid. I'll just snap your neck real quick. And uh, indeed, that's what happens. He just grabs him by the tusks, probably by one tusk and a remaining chunk. And again, I'm wondering... I don't even think Aquilish have tusks. They have like a butt, right? They have like a face butt. I mean, I Are feel those tusks. I feel like that's what the uh the author was thinking like, "Oh yeah, obviously this face butt is a tusk." Like that's what you that know, is. I'm looking at pictures of them and Ponda Baba is a very weird Aquilish by comparison to like almost every other one of them. Uh most of them that tusk area isn't co- colored like peach. It's usually white, and it's visibly more recognizable as tusks. Yeah, I mean, if you look at certain ones, you're like, oh, yeah, that's very clearly tusks. But I guess, I assume it's just if all you saw were the movies, they didn't actually have, you know, tusks to use. It was just a weird mask that was made of rubber and pink, so it jiggled and <laughs> looked like flesh. Yeah. I mean, who knows? There are pictures of, it looks like the spiderier the Aqualish is, because, you know, Aqualish exist on sort of a, a walrus spider continuum. Oh, yeah. We we have done Aqualish before. Yeah. For the yeah. bonus content, go to patreon.com slash system mastery at the $2 level. We find things on Wikipedia, and we have talked about the Aqualish before, and yeah. their weird finger history... Oh, yeah, because they have two different... There's, like, two subspecies of them. One of them has claw hands, the other one has hands. Uh, but apparently, also, some of them have two eyes, and some of them have four. There are very, It's almost like they're trying to justify a species that was drawn incorrectly in comic books and role-playing games for 20 years. It is exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it looks like the spidery they are, like, the more likely they are to have eyes, the more they look like tusks up top. I'm seeing pictures of one right, one right now, that just looks like an orangutan. Like, he doesn't have tusks at all. He has, like, a mouth. Hmm, hmm, hmm. And I'm sure there's a perfectly logical explanation for it that I will get to someday. I'm but sure for now, someday. <laughs> it doesn't matter much here, because Rook is dead. Yep, Rook dead. And that is the end of our chapters for today. Uh, Maul is one step closer to the edge. That's the end? I thought that was just three chapters. Oh, no, wait, that's right. We do have okay. one more. Oh, I forgot Hooray. that we have to go back to Sidious. I've never been right before. Oh, God bless. <laughs> the spirits great... did it all in one night. It's a Mario Day miracle. By the way, folks, uh, Inside Baseball, we recorded this on March 10th. Inside of a baseball. Yeah, inside of a baseball. That's why it's a, famously all inside baseball knowledge is no, knowledge that is gleaned inside of a baseball. Yeah, if, or you normally, can, if you can get inside a baseball like a genie in a lamp, then you mm-hmm. too can be blessed with baseball knowledge. Obviously, it's difficult to make it to take advantage of because inside of a baseball, it's far too dark to read. But uh, this is 
This is, of course, the original origin of the phrase. Of course. Yes. Great. Uh, so, yeah, we have one more chapter. He makes it. He basically is back in his prison cell. Uh, actually, he's not in the prison cell. He sneaks to the morgue. Yeah, because he's got to use his little secret hollow transmitter that nobody knows he has. So he has to find some little nook somewhere where no one's going to be able to see him use it. Exactly. And he's going to call Darth Sidious. And this is not an especially quick conversation. And, you know, it's funny because he calls Sid- he gets Sidious, like, on a bad day, basically, is what happens here. Oh, he I have to assume like- that, like, either he's heard that, uh, like, Plagueis is closer to getting the information that he wants instead of him or something because he is on edge. Like, good old Daddy Palps is not having a good time. Yeah, he is ticked off right now because he call- Maul calls him and he's just like, what? And he's like, okay, I am still endeavoring to, Jesus Christ. Why are you even calling me if you don't have anything to give me? Uh, you only call me if you have the information. Yeah, but I I have a little bit more than I used to. A little bit? That's useless to me. I want none of it. I only want the fucking information. And it's just, it's great. He's even like, maybe if you just let me use the dark side a little bit? Okay, you little that, bitch. Nope. <laughs> that was a bad idea to say that. Uh, because what happens is, halfway through the sentence of, please let me use the force... He gets force choked. Yeah, he's just like, um, all right, you want to know about the force? Here you go. I'm going to choke you out, and I'm going to be like, hey, man, how about, instead of excuses, you get me results? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and Maul, thankfully, is just able to kind of nod and is immediately released after he nods in assent. Yeah, and I love, again, fucking Maul, for some reason... Never gets mad at Sidious. No, he can't. Uh, he Sidious is just like, look, I, this is the deal. I guarantee you that Iron Reek is in there. You have to have found him already. It's insane that you're failing me this badly. And I'm going to tell you something else. You're not alone. There's other people in there looking for him, too. Do you understand what that means? Yeah. And even after he's like, uh-huh, and the force choke ends, and before he can even do anything, just the call goes out. He's like, oh, something's worrying my master. I hope he's okay. And you're like, yeah, you <laughs> beaten dog. Oh, yeah, that is that is exactly what he is. Uh, it, but it's just neat to catch Darth Maul or, or sorry, Darth Sidious on a bad day. Like the, the difference between that and his usual cackling, evil, self-assured self is noticeable. Oh, yeah. Normally you're like, OK, he's going to be an asshole, but he's. You're normally thinking of Palpatine as being like the kind of asshole who's like, eh, yeah, I'm a jerk, but you love me. And this time he was just like, no, I'm in a bad mood. I just had a meeting with my lawyer over alimony and I cannot deal with your shit right now. They only let me see the kid on alternating weekends and freaking Christmas isn't one of them. And I just, <laughs> I, oh, I got him a PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, just... Just the real angriest that we have seen him and zero shit taking. Not willing to be like, oh, here's cryptic things for you to think on. He's like, hey, quit fucking up. I'm about to murder you if you don't get killed yourself. You begged me to do this. Oh my God, why are you such a failure? Yeah, no, it is very, very impressive to see. Uh, but yeah, just like everybody else does, whenever anyone calls anyone else from this super secret prison, he angrily hangs up immediately before Darth Maul can choke out another sentence. Oh yeah. God, I love, there's even a bit where he's like, oh, my loyalty to you is beyond question. I pledge my very life to you. And he's like, I don't give a fuck about loyalty. I want results. Yeah, exactly. And that actually is where the chapters end with him kind of looking out the window of the mor- or door of the moor, getting ready to go back up there and being like, I pledge myself to you, oh master. Oh, I dedicate my life, all my life for you, master bumpty bump. Mm-hmm. Maul is now the trash so, uh, can man from the stand, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very well done. I don't know anything about the stand. It's okay. I figured you wouldn't, so I would explain myself. 
I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again. Indeed. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's pretty much the end of these chapters. Uh, we'll be back with another five next time, but in oh. the interim, you should probably go check out our Patreon, huh? Hold on. I oh, do want to say on? there Please is a do. huge explosion at the end of the chapter. Like there oh, is a cliffhanger. Right. Oh. There's a cliffhanger because there's always a cliffhanger, but yeah, it's like a, a huge it, kaboom goes off and it's, it's described as a red and black explosion in his face. Yeah. And that's it. He, and he knew no more. So I guess uh, probably that, got knocked out. Yep. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> who knows, who knows who did that to him and is going to now interrogate him. I'm guessing it's the guards. Well, I mean, it's got to be either the guards that are part of the huts, or it's more Irem Radik bullshit. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. So, uh, so there you go. That's <laughs> that's the end of that. Now, can we talk about the Patreon? <laughs> sure. You know, I love talking about patreoncom systemmastery Mm-hmm. Where at the if you support us at the two dollar level, you'll unlock bonus content at which we go to Wikipedia. We find silly stories from Wikipedia, uh, for history far and wide from all of Star Wars, and we come back and tell them to each other and to you. Indeed. And it doesn't just unlock that either. $2 is also enough to unlock the basic level where you get a couple of System Mastery bonus episodes. So you're basically up to six bonus episodes a month for about $4 a month. And it's a, it's a damn good deal at that range. But if you want more, there's the $5 level for yet three more shows per month. Mmm, yes. So much uh, content. So much content. We make so much. Too and, uh, much content. And if you want to get your hands on it, that's the easiest way to do it. Otherwise, you can stick around because we're going to put out another episode of this for free next week, just like we always do. Oh, goodness gracious. And I'll tell you what. And I'll tell you what. Until we do that, I've been Elan Sleesbagiano. And I love Drowning Pool. Drowning Pool.